we want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. It was probably now three months ago we went into a series called Warship. Not Warship, but Warship, where we were, exp- we were uh, making the point that our, our praise fuels our, uh, our boat. Our praise fuels uh, what God does through us. We have to have praise in our life. And when we praise and when we worship, see, I already stood up. When we praise or we worship, we see breakthrough. So it's like a warship. You're just going through life and you're, and you're fighting uh, the enemy and your flesh and, the, and your mind and all these things. And then we went into, we decided to stay on the boat theme and we went to a series called Yacht Club. And, um, and similar, similar thoughts, but um, the main point of that was that when we're on this warship going through life, we cannot forget that we are uh, meant to save people. We're not meant to uh, enjoy our yacht and enjoy our club and enjoy our, our, um, our banquets and our, uh, our parties. But we are to bring others along so that they get saved too, right? And then um, we felt like God had led us to go into a series that everyone loved and they wished that we could just stay in it all year is a year, uh, a call to fast, right? Just kidding. Unless you, did you feel like you wanted to just fast all year? I did not. Okay. Um, but it was, it, was all, it was all about accelerating God's business on this earth. When we pray, we accelerate God's business. When we fast, um, things happen that don't usually happen. And I saw a lot of um, answers to prayer, and many of you have, and we're still going to continue to reap the benefits, I am, of those seven days of fasting. It's like, it's not, only did six and a half days, God, come on. And he still is blessing, he's still bringing blessing. I want to talk about a couple of those things today. But um, I felt a check, like, I don't know what that means. It's not, the word's not in the Bible, but um, a check from the Spirit. I guess the word in the Bible is um, Paul heard and then he, and he acted on what the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And I felt like um, the Holy Spirit said, all right, you're going deeper. We're, we're, we're growing in our faith. Yes, we've grown in the past. Many of us have grown up in church. But this is a new season of growth, right? Uh, spiritually. But in the midst of that, because um, we are, I don't know how you would say it, in a way, making the enemy upset, we better watch out. Because it's almost like you get a, you sometimes will have enough authority to, uh, yeah, I'm praying, I'm declaring, but then we don't have enough authority to see it through. We don't have enough um, uh, maturity, I guess. And I don't want to say it like that because all of us would say, well, I'm pretty mature. And I guess that's a religious spirit if we think we're really mature. We all could use some more maturity in our lives. But, um, but we feel like, well, I've been in church, da-da-da. It doesn't matter how long we've been in church. It matters the season, okay? The season we are in, 
Yes, you might have won in the last battle. Yes, you might have gone through all kinds of great things, lots of conquests in your life, but you're still Moses and you still might fail at some point. And now you're in a season and you may not think you're moving from glory to glory. And if you're here and this is your first time or you're being a part of this, you get to be a part of this too. You're moving from glory to glory. Whatever's happening here in this house uh, can happen in all of us. So we're all on the same page. You may not feel like you're moving from glory to glory, but you are. And when you look down at where you've been, you say, wow, thank you, God. Okay, all of us can say that. But when you go through um, stages or realms or... We love to use the word season in churches, but we go through seasons. We get to a place um, where we're touching God more, but where the enemy's more afraid. Okay? I don't know how else to say it. And, I, um, and we need to understand how um, the, God's authority works in our life. And we need to make sure that we are firmly planted on the ground. Not on the ground, but on the rock. Because when we think we're on the rock, sometimes one foot is on the sand and it may uh, not work out so great for us. Let me explain it um, this way. Applying Christ's authority to see victory. Um, let me explain it this way. Imagine a second grade class at school, a public school. Many of you are teachers. Some of you are substitute teachers. Substitute teachers will especially, Mark, you'll, underst you'll understand this one more. Imagine the teacher is allowing the class to run crazy, to wreak havoc, to cause chaos. Kids are running around. They're going crazy. Miss Bethany, Miss Watis, I don't think that would ever happen in your class. Miss Hannah, what's your last name again? Miss Friday, um, oh, that's cute for a teacher. Miss Friday, does that ever happen in either of your guys' classes? No, it wouldn't. But imagine it does, and the principal comes in. Now, now Miss uh, Watisa's principal, I think is your dad in that, that class, right? That would be weird. That, that's a whole other situation. Mr. Watisse would come in, and I think you're probably meaner than Mr. Watisse when he comes in the room. You probably are. But imagine the principal comes in. Our school where Jaden goes is called, his name's Dr. McVeigh. Don't call him Mr. McVeigh. Call him Dr. McVeigh. I, he's probably earned it, so call him this. And he sees the teacher just letting the class do what they want. And the teacher's like, or the principal's like, what's going on here? Why are you allowing this? And the teacher whispers to him, well, I know you have authority in this class, but me, I, um, I, I don't, I'm just the teacher, and I just don't feel like I can use, I don't have any jurisdiction. And the, and the principal says nicely to the teacher, um, yes, you have authority, and if you didn't know you had authority, I have authority, and I give you my authority to take control of your classroom, right? And um, the teacher, the principal leaves, and hopefully something happens. Now, usually that wouldn't happen in a school. Kids usually know their place, that the teacher has authority, but sometimes they don't. And teachers usually know they have authority. But there are times that they don't understand this. Let me say it like this. Of course, that would never happen. But that, what happens when that happens in our lives? When we forget our 
authority or we forget our position. Let me explain the children in the classes, the sin, the addiction, the problems, oh, the news, the craziness around me, my doubt, my worries, my picture all these names in the class. This kid's name is fear. This kid's name is doubt. This kid's name is, is uh, I, I just had one, um, insecurity. And you're like, oh, insecurity. Now, don't you attack me right now. This one over here is named lies from the enemy. This one here is called uh, depression. This one's called uh, craziness in my mind. And I just can't seem to control all of these. And God would say to us today, the classroom is not there to overwhelm you because you have authority over it. Would you put up a scripture for a minute? It's found in Ephesians. If you have a Bible, look at it in your Bible because I'm going to read it in the message version. It's found in Ephesians chapter 1. And it was written as a letter to a church called the Ephesians, right? The Ephesian church. Now, he didn't write it to the Ephesians because it was only them that were going to have this problem. He wrote it because he knows all of us are going to deal with classrooms overwhelming us and forgetting who we are in Jesus. Are you with me? Are you thinking with me? So we assume, oh, look at me, poor me. I am nobody. I can't do this. I am sinful. I have a bad attitude. I have insecurity. I have fear. And now I watch the news and I'm overwhelmed by all of that. And Jesus spoke to the church and he spe speaks to Sharon and to Pat and to Stephen and to Sandy and to Jay and to Bethany and to Hannah. And he says this, I'm going to read it in the, in the message version. So it's not going to be exactly how this is here. But he says, it starts out, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ. Move on. The father of Jesus Christ takes us to the high places of blessing in him. This is in the message version. Long, be, oh, do we, we have it right there? Yeah, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love. Keep going. To be made holy, to be made whole and holy by his love. Continue. Long, long ago, he's speaking to Christoph, he's speaking to Amanda, he's speaking to Jared and Aaliyah. He decided to adopt you into his family through Jesus Christ. He needed Jesus Christ's help to do this, do this. What a pleasure, by the way, I like how he put this in parentheses. What a pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavished gift-giving by the hand of his beloved son. This, my friends, is a picture of where God has called you. He has placed you in the heavenly realms with Jesus. Now, some of you, it just, just kind of goes over your head and says, I don't know what that means. All I am saying is you, who you are in Christ is not who you think you are in Christ. God has placed you in heavenly realms with him. Say amen whether you understand or not. Say amen. I'm convinced that when we grasp 
Ephesians chapter 1, and I want you to read it this week, once a day, twice a day, once an hour, twice an hour. I'm going to give you the choice, however many times you want to read it. I'm convinced when you grasp this, we are unstoppable. We are an unstoppable church. We are unstoppable brothers and sisters in Christ. Because then we're able to apply the authority of Christ to every situation. That's why I want to call this uh, kind of preliminary message today. Uh, position is everything. Everybody say that. Position is everything. Remember in worship, worship, we were reminded that uh, praise brings us into position. In Yacht Club, we were reminded that our position on the lifeguard stand helps us to reach the lost. And then in the last uh, uh, series we went through, Accelerate, we were reminded that position comes, uh, position, uh, let me say it like this. We were reminded that fasting gets us into position. And today I just want to talk just briefly. Position is everything. And Lord, we thank you right now. I pray for every man, every woman, every girl, every boy. I pray for everyone in this room and watching online. That we would understand what you've done for us, Jesus, on the cross. That has caused us to have position with God. We thank you for our forgiveness that has brought us into a relationship with God himself. Lord, we sometimes forget about theology. We forget about what God, who you are, Jesus, who you are. But we thank you, Jesus, because of your forgiveness, because of what you did on the cross for us, we are able to come boldly before your throne of grace. In Jesus' name. Position is everything. Put up that first slide there. I want to ask this question, why? Why is position everything? Because position brings authority position brings authority in very plain terms let me um, explain it with a testimony today um, I wrote it down because I want to be able to go back to this and remember what happened in in our lives it has to do with my my dad uh, many of you have been praying for him and and uh, we've kept it a little quiet but not quiet too quiet because we want people to pray with us and many had heard that uh, my dad had found out that he had prostate cancer, right? My family, we never experienced anything like that. Many families have, but we hadn't. And um, they told my dad that it was a very uh, aggressive form of prostate cancer. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes if you catch it early, you're good. But they said it's very aggressive. And we're not going to know um, how aggressive and how far it spread until we finish some tests. So if for some reason it had not spread, it would be very treatable. But if it had spread, um, it's likely they told him that it would take his life. And that's uh, obviously for, if that was your dad or your family member, it's pretty devastating. And um, the test wouldn't come back until October 4th. Go figure. That was like September 4th. Uh, it took a month for the test to go through. Well, needless to say, we were on pins and needles for these last 30 days. Except this, okay? Except that we know that position brings authority, right? And we know that because pos position brings authority, we can claim some kind of authority. 
I wrote down here that we proceeded to, a, to pray, especially through our seven-day fast for a great report. And last Sunday, the fast ended. Last Tuesday, we found out that the cancer had not spread and had miraculously, yes, miraculously would only require a small, um, small, that's what they said, a small amount of treatment. And to, for, for one moment, I was on pins and needles, and I felt like the house of the foolish man. But I wasn't foolish, and my dad was not foolish. And I'm not to say that it depends on what the person is. It just depends on if someone that is praying is built on the rock. And someone that was praying was built on the rock. And I felt like the house was going this way and that way. And I felt like, did it knock down? Did my house knock down? And then I found out that um, the, good, the good report. Now, on what basis did we pray for a good report? I want to ask you the question. When you have a situation that you're praying for, we all do, if we were to say, who has a prayer request today? You should go into the kids' classrooms. And, and Cynthia says, sometimes they'll say, raise your hand and tell us if you have a, a praise report or something to pray for. And the hands, hands will shoot up. And everyone will have a praise report and everyone will have a prayer request. And um, if I was to do that in this room, we, we, we think we're not like children, so we don't always say something, but we all have something on our minds, right? And so I ask, what basis do we have to pray for a good report? Well, we positioned ourselves, and some of you did as well. Uh, Sharon and Pat had agreed with me last week. I came up to the, to the altar. I came to them, and I said, I need someone to pray for me besides myself. Would you pray for me? And uh, for, for my dad. And we positioned ourselves under the authority of Jesus Christ. That's a very fancy word, a very fancy sentence, but it's not that fancy. We positioned ourselves under the authority of Jesus Christ, not under our authority, who has already paid for sins, who has already paid for sickness. So when we prayed, we were able to declare, we declare wholeness, we declare joy, we declare peace. No matter what happens, we declare uh, uh peace in the situation for them at their house, that they would not worry and that they would be okay. And we declared victory. And as we declared it, we believed it. And not to mention we were in the middle of a fast. So my prayers, I felt had, I had more confidence behind them. It helped, it helped a lot because the enemy was not able to whisper to me, you don't deserve my, this is what you hear, huh? You don't deserve your prayer to be answered. Look at you. Look at your life. Look what you've done. You don't have any basis for this. And I would say, yes, I do. I've been, I gave up pizza mania for you, Jesus. You know, I am, you know, I have authority. And I felt like I had confidence and I declared things. And all the more, um, yeah. But there were times during the, those 30 days, and I'm just going to stay on this one for a minute, for your situation. Where, guess what? Cynthia might have been perfect, but I was not perfect. And I would pray, and as I would pray, doubt would come in. I even talked to a friend here today. I talked to Sandy earlier, and she gave me a book during that time called Crazy Faith. And I, I told she goes, do you like it? And I said, well, I kind of, I felt, dis I, I did the opposite of what I should have felt from the book. I felt discouraged 
because I don't have crazy faith. God, where am I at? And there were times that I was not perfect and my prayers uh, were prayed in doubt. And I forgot my position in Jesus. And I began to see with my physical eyes instead of seeing, seeing with God's eyes, right? When we do this, we allow lies to, uh, to take root, don't we? And so the lie that I heard for a while, and, and this will be the same process in any prayer, is you honestly think, and this is not the Holy Spirit speaking, this is not God speaking, this is the enemy. Maybe it's, maybe it's one of his smallest devils that has hardly any authority, but he was able to tell me, you really think that your prayers mean something? You really think giving up three meals or seven meals, whatever it is, is going to cause Jesus to answer your prayer? Ha! What a, what a deceit. What a dece You've been deceived. And it, truly, he's trying to deceive me during that time. And so I would pray and I would believe and then I would stop believing. And doubt would come in. And as soon as you do this, when you let this take root, I think um, the Bible says, uh, run from, flee, flee the enemy. Uh, uh, what, is the, what is the scripture? Um, and he will flee from you. Um, resist the enemy and he'll flee from you. As soon as I resist the enemy, he flees. But when I, re, the opposite of resist, when I entertain him and I start to pray and I end up entertaining those thoughts and those lies, he invites all his friends over to be entertained. And I end up having a party with all of these people that shouldn't be there. These spirits that are telling me, oh, yes, yes, you are. He is right. You are, you are lying to yourself. The prayers won't work. The prayers won't work. And I begin to entertain what I shouldn't be entertaining. And then as soon as you resist, they go away. But there was a time that I wasn't. And um, I felt like there would not be a good report. When we do this, we allow lies, which cause me to have no um, authoritative ground to stand on. I had no authoritative ground to stand on. It reminds me of the song, on Christ, it's an old song, but on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is literally sinking sand. We read the scripture today already. It's based on that parable that we read earlier, right, from Jesus. We must stand on the rock. So when we say why, position is everything. Why? Because position brings authority. What is our position? Put that up. Our position is on Jesus, the rock. Our position that we find is not complex. It's not difficult. You must stand not on the lies, not on the doubts, not on the uh, attacks and be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to surf these attacks and I'm going to beat the devil. No, you, you flee him. You stand on the solid rock. You know Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the savior. Jesus is the deliverer. Jesus says, you stand on him, the solid rock on which you stand. It's not rocket science. Even a second grader can understand this. I remember growing up, in second grade Sunday school, the wise man built his house on the rock, right? The wise man. I don't want you to sing it with you. I'm not trying to lead it. I'm just going to sing it to you because you're like, are we supposed to sing? 
we're supposed to sing. No, the wise man built his house on the rock, and the house on, uh, and the rains came down, and the floods came up, and the house on the rock stood firm. And then everyone loved the next part. Kids loved this. Sing it as loud as you can, kids. Sing it really loud. The wise man, the foolish man built his house on the sand. The foolish man built his house on the sand. The foolish man built his house on the sand. And uh, then I don't know how, then it goes, and the rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down, floods came up, rain came down, floods. And the house on the sand went splat! And everyone yells it and everyone laughs and no one knows what they're talking about. But I have never forgot that. Because if your house is not built on the rock, it will go splat. Jesus, your position is on Christ. The solid rock. Um, that's easy. We'll, uh, we'll just move on from there. Um, and then the, the last one. What? Uh, how? How do we get in position? How do I get in position? Position is everything. Obedience. Obedience. Let's look at that first part of that scripture that we read earlier today. Matthew 7, verse 24. Uh, it says this. Therefore, whoever... Whoever hears, and you can just stay right there. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them will be like the rock, will be like the house on the rock. Whoever hears and does, hear and do. I was in a church, my last church where I, where I was uh, a youth pastor. On the, on the stage in giant letters, it said, come, hear, do. Basically saying, that's the most important thing you do. You hear it. And you do it. How, uh, how do we get in position? We obey. Simple. Is that as simple as it can be? Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but then to obey. Evaluate yourself for a minute. Now, is, is this situation, uh, this situation, this situation? Ask yourself the simple question, am I in position? Am I on the rock? And, and, and how do I get on that? Am I obeying? Well, partially. Partially I'm obeying. Fully am I obeying? I think so. Maybe I'm, if you're questioning that, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not fully obeying. What did God speak to you? Can you come up, my sister Hannah? What has God spoken to you in the past? Maybe he's not speaking anything else to you because you didn't obey what he asked you to do last. Maybe it was as simple as, um, and God would never say it like this, but get your butt in church. Get your life in fellowship with others. Get yourself in an, in an environment, a community of encouragement. Maybe he's just said to you, um, are you, are you honoring me with your, with your giving? Are you honoring me with your offering, with your wallet? Are you honoring me with your time? Are you serving me? Are you, maybe he's asked you to, uh, to start something that you haven't started, right? This is a time that God is calling us deeper. And what we love to do is when we get into deep water where we can't swim anymore, I don't know if you remember while we were talking about that. We don't like to uh, be over our heads. 
Let's swim back to the shore. I'm going to go back to three feet, three feet of water, like we talked about in Ezekiel. I want to go back to where I can walk in the, in the water. And Jesus says, you get out in that water where you can't swim, and I'm going to let you walk right on top of it. But until you jump in, you won't. So what do we know today? Position is everything. Three simple points. Why is position everything? We know our position brings authority. What should our position be? We know our position is on the solid rock. How do we get into the right position? We know position only comes through obedience. If Jesus was here today, he might tell the parable of the wise and foolish man like this. There once was a couple or a single person or what I'm just going there was this nice couple and they they built their lives on the sand. They didn't know it but they built their lives on the sand. And uh, when it came to giving of their of their time, of their offerings, of their allegiance to God, they thought they gave it all. But work, stress, problems, worries, fun, entertainment, success got in the way. And when it was all said and done, they had built their lives not on rock, but they built it on sand. The storms did come. And when the storm came, it didn't seem, they didn't even know it was a storm. It didn't seem like a hurricane. It didn't seem like an earthquake. It was just a subtle temptation came along. And usually they would have been able to withstand the temptation, but their life was on the sand. And so when the temptation came along, it knocked them off their rocker. And their house, their life, their family, their child, their job, their well-being, their security was not there anymore and it went splat. But then there was this nice sweet little girl, sweet little boy. And he made sure to be obedient to Jesus. He made sure to honor him with everything that he had. And the storm came to him as well. And, um, and the storm was a little bit more violent than the other storm. And the boy said, why is my storm so violent and their storm not? I'm doing the good part. I'm walking the narrow way. And it seems like mine's tougher. Why is this happening? And something happened, whether someone died or they lost a loved one or they went through something terrible, they felt like their life was over. But when it was all said and done, their house stood firm. That was the person that was on the, on the, on the rock. Would you stand with me today? We're closing. Just ask the Holy Spirit today to speak to you. What do you want to say to me personally today? I can't answer that to you. As we walk into this new series where we're going to take some ground in the spiritual realm, where we're going to declare some things to happen, where we are going to understand our authority, we must make sure that our two feet are on 
solid ground. What is he speaking to you today? Maybe he's asking you to let go of some things. Maybe he's asking you to grab hold of some things. Maybe he's asking you to be the man of the house. Not in a, uh, what's the word, chauvinistic way, but in a godly way. Maybe he's asking you to love your wife better because you're doing a terrible job. Maybe he's asking you to um, step out and do something that you've never done before that seems scary. Maybe he's asking you to trust him for a mate or trust him for no mate. Oh, I do not like that one. I'm not trusting you for no mate. I'm trusting you for a mate. No, maybe he's asking you to just chill and let me lead you. You don't need, your, your life is not built. Your rock is not your security in a person or your finances or a job. Your, your security is found on the rock, Jesus Christ. Maybe he's asking you to give it up already. Give up that sin that so easily entangles you over the last year, two years, three years, five years, 20 years. Give it up. It's a stronghold that's, that's going to ruin you. you. You appear to be on the rock and you're on the sand. And every day is like being at the, I don't know if you've ever been to the ocean. But when you're at the ocean, you build a sandcastle. Look, you can look at me for a minute. You build a sandcastle. If you're close to the waves, you can work so hard. But eventually the waves are going to knock it over. And then you have to rebuild, rebuild, rebuild. You would never do that. You go nine feet this way away from the water to build. Where it gets, the, the ground is a little bit more solid. You never would build, but little kids will do that. They'll build right in the water and it keeps knocking it over. And you feel like, how come I'm so overwhelmed? I think we do that as Christians. Look where you're building your, you're building it in the wrong place. Do you see the waves? Right? Step up nine feet. And in, in, in Ephesians, uh, that, that Greek town, wherever that this was told, the, the bedrock there, uh, on the, lots of people built on the sand because it was beautiful. It was a beautiful place to build your house. And he said, don't build it there. Look at the people that have built up there. Their houses are solid. Your houses keep getting knocked over. Don't do that. Don't do that. Would you say this with me today? Lift your hands. Lift your voices. Just lift your hearts, however you want to do this. But say, Lord Jesus. And say it with authority. Lord Jesus. My life is in your hands. I build my life on the rock. I don't know about you, but when I say this out loud, it, it encourages me. It, it, yeah, thank you. It encourages me. Say, my life is built on the rock. My family will be built on the rock. Now you say, well, I can't speak for them. You can speak for you. And you can build it on the rock for them. My family will be built on the rock. My children's lives will be built on the rock. My mission is built on you, Jesus Christ, the solid rock. Let me close with one scripture. Put it up there. It's found in verse 13 and 14 of this same chapter, Matthew 7. Did I, did I get that? Yeah. 
It's in the message version again because I think it just makes you, it just does this to you. This is the verse before the wise and foolish builder where Jesus was talking about the narrow path. And then I promise I'm just going to close with it. It says this, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff. Even though crowds of people do. The way to life to God is vigorous. And it's not enjoyable to say this, but, it's, and, but you'll, it'll, bring, it'll bring blessing. Requires total vigorous and requ- is vigorous and requires total attention. Would you do that today, this, this week, tomorrow, the next day? Amen. Don't leave uh, without for listening talking today. to someone. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.